Hi, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Today I want to discuss the impact of the new SEC rules on private deals and the impact on self-directed IRAs. So on August 30th in the Wall Street Journal, uh, there was a report that uh, Jay Clayton uh, of the SEC, who's the chairman, uh, gave a speech in Nashville to uh, a group of uh, entrepreneurs and talked about the SEC's commitment and uh, hope that they will be able to make investments into private companies, non-public companies like Uber today um, or other fast-growing companies that are non-public and offer them up uh, to more than just accredited investors and offer them up to more um, individuals, private individuals, um, with at the same time making sure the investment is uh, is still safe and there's still uh, enough um, guidance and uh, rules protecting the individual investors uh, from fraud or for any misinformation. So it was very it's very interesting because obviously if people have heard about Elon Musk of Tesla talking a few weeks ago about potentially uh, turning Tesla private from the taking Tesla out of the public markets into a private company obviously the uh, advantage of being private is you don't have to deal with uh, quarterly filings with the SEC quarterly financials dealing with the public and you can clearly at least in his estimation grow your business more long term without having to look for just quarterly growth in order to keep your shareholders happy and uh, your stock up. So there's been some interest, and also there's also a good amount of, of, of annual fees, whether it's hiring lawyers, accountants, audited financials, board of directors. I mean, there's a lot of fees that go into being a public company. Uh, if you're as big as Tesla, those fees aren't uh, significant, but if you're a small, growing company, uh, they could be two hundred to $500,000 a year. Which, which certainly makes a difference. So obviously you can invest in private companies, um, whether it's your, your neighborhood pizzeria or your, your friend's startup software company or your, uh, your, uh, yeah, your, your uh, uncle's uh, consulting business. Um, but if you are looking to invest in companies that are not just closely held friends and family and it's more than just a crowd funding and it's a larger corporation, Right now, it's generally only open to credit investors. Credit investors are generally someone who has income of uh, two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand in joint income, um, or a net worth of at least a million dollars. So that's obviously limited uh, the potential investment of some of these deals to really the high net worth. But the, the interesting part is that um, in two thousand seventeen, more than one point seven trillion was raised through private stock and debt sales. That's non-publicly traded companies. And um, even though the public markets have been you know, relatively strong, uh, 158 public uh, companies have gone public this year, uh, raising $43 billion. So that, obviously that's a lot of money, but it's not as much as the $1.7 trillion uh, for private companies. Uh, public company raises are up 36%. Um, so that, that's interesting. But the, 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 the big uh, concern by the SEC is that there's a lot of private money out there. There's a lot of individuals that want to get into the next Uber, the next Facebook, the next Twitter, exciting private companies that you can't buy publicly, but right now they're not accredited investors and they just don't have access to it. And in fact, a lot of those private companies that are growing aren't targeting you know, the average uh, American. They're really just going for, for large pension funds or large private equity, venture capital, and they're not going after a lot of the the you know, middle class uh, people that, that have a little bit of money to invest and would love to, but they're not accredited. 
So what the SEC is trying to do is they're trying to streamline the process and make more accredited investors. So there's talk about them using education or maybe wealth thresholds, professional licenses. Basically, what they're trying to say is, hey, even if you're not a millionaire or make 300 grand a year, if you're smart enough to do your own research and diligence um, or wise enough or uh, have enough experience to do your own research on an investment, uh, then we're okay with it. Even if you lose money, which we hope you don't, but if you do, we're okay with it because you can't blame us for not giving you uh, enough um, guidance and enough um, feedback uh, from the company, enough disclosure, because, hey, you should be smart enough to ask for it or look for it. And, um, you know, sometimes it's buyer beware. So the whole problem with the credit investor is they've equated um, – essentially your ability to invest with your wealth. So they took the position that, hey, if you have a certain amount of money and you make a bad investment, you can handle it better than someone who has less money and makes a bad investment. And that's been their position. And that's why it's been a, a kind of a threshold based off income or annual uh, wealth or, or general wealth. And now uh, Chairman Clean, which, which I agree with, is looking at a way to increase that threshold to maybe education levels or different uh, thresholds. So the impact on IRAs are, are obviously greater because there are more non-accredited investors than accredited investors. And with 50 million IRAs out there, there's a lot of people that would be interested in investing in, a nice, in the next Facebook or the next uh, Twitter or the next Tesla uh, that are non-publicly traded companies, but super exciting. Uh, but they just don't have the option of getting in because, number one, the company's private placements are, are open only to accredited investors. And a lot of them, uh, they're not looking for less than several million dollars for investors. But what Chairman McClain is trying to do is say, hey, maybe if we open this up for $25,000, $50,000 minimums instead of million minimums, uh, we'll get more people. And uh, they gave the, the uh, it was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal about this titled, uh, SEC Chairman Wants to Let More Mainstream Investors in on Private Deals. And in the article, they talked about um, a company um, you know, that have, uh, have in 2013 tech company tech company SurveyMonkey uh, raised 800 million via debt and equity, one of the largest capital raises. And right now, uh, you know, it's pretty minimal. Uh, they give the example um, startups with more than a billion. Uh, so SoftBank uh, out of Japan has invested uh, in startups worth more than a billion. Um, you know, very frequently. So this stuff is happening. They, they want to make it more interesting for uh, companies to look to private investors. Um, I guess they feel there's a lot of growth there and they want to make sure they're, they're at the uh, avant-garde position of regulation. Um, clearly, the SEC uh, right now, uh, they, they'll regulate anything that's a, a stock offering. So it could be a real estate, it could be a company stock. Um, so that that's their area of regulation. Generally, most people assume SEC only deals with public companies, but that's not the case. They'll uh, regulate you if you go around town trying to raise money for your startup. If it's beyond friends and family and beyond the threshold of money, you have to register with the SEC and, and give the investors full disclosure. So they're trying to make that easier now for the average uh, you know, middle class American to potentially get access to some of these deals because they're concerned that a lot of these deals are just being opened to private equity, venture capital, pension funds, and you know super wealthy people on the inside. Average guys like you and me don't have access to some of these small, exciting deals. And he's hoping that making the rules more 
accessible will, will help. So some of the SEC plans um, they're going to focus on in the, in the next coming months, they're going to issue a white paper, is whether there should be a broader access to invest in privately held companies, how to st st uh, streamline rules to govern the fundraise aspects of these private placements, and how to simplify other fundraising channels, let companies raise limited amounts of money through less regulated public offerings. So uh, I think it's very interesting. I think it's going to be a big win for self-directed retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, because there's a lot of interest in my uh, clients getting involved in you know, startups, and whether it's you know, cannabis or cryptocurrency or uh, electric cars. A lot, of, uh, a lot of clients that are doing investments in really exciting companies, and I think more would if they had access to it, if they were, it was opened up to non-accredited, and if, and if they were able to find... Um, these deals. A lot of these deals are kind of not advertised to the average American. So I'm excited about it. I think these are great investment opportunities that uh, I'm hoping more than just the super rich or, or the private equity or the insiders get access to. And I think it'd be a nice diversification play for, for people's retirement if they can get into some up-and-coming growth companies where there is some disclosure, so there's some protection um, that these aren't frauds, but at the same time, um, they can invest if they're not accredited, assuming they meet certain standards. So I'm all for it. I think what Chairman Clayton's doing is, is, is really good for the average American investor. Uh, no one's telling you you have to invest in these deals, but at least the options are getting um, presented to you and, and open to, to everyone, hopefully not just the super rich or the accredited investor, which I'm all for. So um, I'll, I'll keep you up to date on this white paper, which is supposed to come out in the next few months. Well, uh, and again, I don't expect any hard rules for, for a year plus to come out in terms of uh, expanding the um, environment where people will be uh, able to access these deals to non-accredited. But the fact that they're looking at this is helpful. Um, it may, it could may turn companies away from the public markets, which is sort of happening already. Um, it's interesting enough, President Trump said that he has asked um, groups to look at the movement away from quarterly earning uh, reports to semi-annually or even annually. Um, some groups like the papers and uh, experts have come out against it. They agree with quarterly disclosure. They think it, it makes it more um, open for investors and it creates less um, drop, significant drops in stock when, when bad earnings or good earnings are announced because um, it's quarterly. It's not annually or, or yearly. But you know the, the flip side of that is companies are able uh, are basically looking out only at 90 days and not 360 days or, or 720 days. And it's a lot of short-term thinking just to keep your stock up. So that's the one issue about um, you know public companies versus private companies, although sometimes people feel it's easier to raise money in the public uh, in the public world. We'll see now because if this goes through and you're able to actually – have the average American buy stock in your startup just like they would if it was publicly traded. It may move companies away from the public market since they'll have access to the same people on the private markets without having to do quarterly earnings and without having to deal with the huge costs of, of maintaining uh, a public company. So. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm super excited to kind of hear where this goes. Hopefully, it will open it up not just to IRA investors, but to average Americans to get into um, growth companies. Uh, there will obviously will be some disclosure, but it will hopefully be more manageable, uh, more than just accredited investors can jump in. 
Um, so there, there will be protection, but it, 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 you know, buyer beware, it may be more um, uh, impactful to, to, to more people than just a credit investor. So I am excited about it. I think it's going to be real interesting, um, but I'm also uh, interested to see the impact on public markets because uh, if, if the next Uber can stay private like, te like Tesla wanted to, but now they turn back, and, and said, hey, we don't have to report quarterly. We can save money, and we can sell our stock to the to the to average Joe around the block. Um, even if he's not accredited, we, we may be able to raise just as much money in the public markets without the um, regulation, uh, so to speak, and the cost. So, we shall see. Very interesting stuff. Uh, there's definitely a. A push away from from more disclosure. Um, it seems like we're going the opposite way of you know, reverting back to you know pre Enron days. Yeah, you know, how how quick that occurs. You know the whole Enron debacle, which which happened in you know 0102, um, which created a lot of regulations. Sarbanes Oxley. Now there's pushback on the other way from from the White House, uh, especially who wants less regulation, let businesses uh, have more access to cash, private public give the investors more access, but also that entails more risk. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I think people should take responsibility for what they invest in. Ultimately, they make that decision. I don't want to put a limit on, on what people can invest in because they don't have enough money. Uh, there, there's plenty of people with uh, you know less money than me that are much smarter than me. Uh, so they, they should be able to invest if they feel comfortable with it. But again, there, there's a fine line between investment blindly and investing with, with full disclosure, and you, you should know what you're investing in to protect everyone from you know, future frauds like Enron. So uh, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial, I hope you found the podcast interesting and helpful. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at IRFG, Instagram, um, or you, know, you can reach out to me, email, uh, LinkedIn. Um, thanks again for listening, and until next time.